Welcome to the Thrive in Higher Ed podcast, a place to explore new approaches, strategies, and tools to learn, grow, and thrive in higher education. This is a community for instructors, staff, grad students, and campus leaders to learn together, to tinker, to find ways to be more effective and productive, and to innovate in big and small ways. I'm your host, Mark Hofer. In this episode, I discuss how I use design principles to be more strategic and mindful in how I approach my teaching, projects, and productivity. At the end of the show, I'll challenge you to consider your own design principles. Ready? Think about how often we do things on autopilot. Every day, we do things like plan a grocery list, drive home from work, write out a meeting agenda, all without really giving it too much thought we just go through on autopilot. And if you're like me and you tend to be task focused, you do get a lot of things done in this way because we develop systems and routines and it makes things go faster. And it really does work great up to a point. But what if we're doing the wrong things? What if we're doing the right things in the wrong way? If either one of these are true, we're clearly not making our best contribution. One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is using design principles to be more strategic and mindful of what I do and how I do it. Design principles are essentially big picture rules or guidelines that you use in order to guide your decisions and behavior. So for example, imagine you're planning your meals for the week before going to the grocery. Without design principles, it's easy to just add meals to the list that sound good in that moment. Well, this may be fine most of the time, but if I'm continually choosing unhealthy meals or meals that don't provide a range of nutritious fuel, I'm designing the meal plan poorly. If on the other hand, I have a set of rules that I keep in mind when I'm planning my meals, I'm much more likely to land in a good place. For example, maybe I limit meals that include red meat to once a week. Uh, Maybe I make sure that in each meal there's a protein, whole grains, and fresh veggies. With just these two simple rules or design principles, I'm much more likely to design a healthy menu for meals for the week. I've been using these kind of design principles in my personal work and life a lot more recently. In this episode, I thought I'd lay out a few different examples of how I've used design principles that may bring you value as well. At the end of the show, I'm going to challenge you to design your next project, meeting, or class session around carefully selected design principles. Let's do this. You may still not be clear exactly on what design principles are at this point. I think the best way to define them and see their value is through an example. This semester, I'm teaching a revised course for doctoral students called Leveraging Technology for Learning. This kind of course is one that I've taught multiple times for different levels of students from undergrad to masters to doctoral students. This semester though, I wanted to take a fresh approach that was really designed around the needs of my students rather than on content topics, readings, and assignments. So before building out my syllabus, I thought long and hard about some design principles that should guide the development of the course that are grounded in the needs of the students who I would be teaching. As doctoral students, they bring many more life and professional experiences to the course than would my undergraduate or even master's level students. 
they also have unique needs for the kind of skills, habits of mind, and dispositions that they need to develop to be successful as future faculty members. With this in mind, I developed out the following five design principles. One, I know that students bring a wealth of knowledge and experience with them, so the course should provide students opportunities to contribute to the learning community. Second, choice and autonomy increases engagement and meaning for students. Three, providing opportunities for students to connect theory with practice deepens learning. Four, the design of the course site should be clear, engaging, and flexible. And finally, number five, the course should serve as a sort of an academic apprenticeship for students. Once I had this list complete, I literally printed it out and taped it to the bottom of my computer monitor. Then, as I was developing my learning objectives for the course, the topics, and the specifics of different assignments, these were always literally in front of me. With this focus, I made several small, but I think important changes to how I planned this course compared with how I taught it previously. For example, connected with the first principle that, that the course should provide students opportunities to contribute to the learning community. I've always done something where I've had students, you know, contribute a class presentation to share the results of the project or their work. But in this case, I was a little more intentional about giving students the opportunity to choose how they might uh, present readings to the class, to do an out-of-class online assignment or project with, with, the, uh, with their classmates, or doing something live in class together. I wanted to, that actually incorporates the second principle as well by providing choice and autonomy. So in this way, they were able to choose the kind of contribution they wanted to make to the class and they then can do the kind of work that they think would be most valuable to them at this point in their journey. Another example was uh, related to the course website. I've always, uh, we, we use Blackboard as our learning management system, and I've always built out the course website uh, very deliberately and clearly. But in this case, uh, I wanted it to be really clear, knowing that we were going to be in a blended and perhaps totally remote format this semester. I wanted to be as clear as possible. So I'm creating introductory videos each week. I'm going to do some video walkthroughs of the key assignments so that students really get a key understanding of, of what's expected and how they can work through the assignments. And I've purposely not made available modules in the second half of the course so that I can be flexible with how I organize the content and experiences based on how students respond initially. So as you can see, these literally flowed directly from the, the design principles that I developed. And I think it's going to make a really good experience for the students. Now you may be saying to yourself, this is interesting, but I'm not in a role where I'm teaching right now. How might these design principles be useful for me? Let me ask you this, do you plan meetings? Do you organize a team? If so, try to develop some design principles for the kinds of meetings or the kinds of work sessions that you wanna have. For example, do you wanna build in opportunities for each member of the team or committee or work group to contribute something to the agenda? You need to plan that in advance and provide those opportunities. Maybe you wanna make sure there are team building exercises at the beginning of each each, each team meeting. Or maybe you just want to stick 
to an efficient format where everyone keeps to time. Employing even a few simple design principles can help make your meetings much more effective and pleasant for those who participate. How about one final example? One thing I've been experimenting with quite a bit, and actually we'll share this in a future episode, is using focused blocks of time to be more productive. This is where I set aside a significant chunk of time, perhaps an hour, two, or even three, to do some very focused work. This works best, I've found, if I eliminate as many distractions as possible. But how do I do that? Maybe design principles could help. What if I say I will do the following actions before beginning a focused block of time? Perhaps one of my principles could be to turn off as many notifications as is practical. Perhaps I could also design the sessions so that I only have the active window that I need for that particular work on my computer visible. Or maybe I even want to create a pleasant environment, so I might use a, an aroma diffuser and focusing music to help me set the tone. I think these kinds of uh, design principles might help make those focus blocks of time even more productive and more pleasant for me as I go. I hope this definition and these examples help to illustrate why I find design principles so effective in my work and life. But now it's your turn. What kind of project, class session, or experience might benefit from developing design principles? Like with most experiments, I encourage you to start small. So if, for example, you want to focus on teaching, it's probably better to pick a single class session than the entire course like I did. When you have an idea in mind for how you might be able to incorporate some design principles, set aside 30 minutes to really think about what might make that experience, project, or class more meaningful or effective. Try to think big picture and not necessarily on the task themselves, but think about the principles that could drive your decision making. Once you've got that list developed, I urge you to either write them out or type them out. And if you type them, be sure to print them so that they're very visible for you when you actually go to implement the work that you're designing. Then give it a try and reflect. I'd love to hear how this works for you. Please share any insights or anything you've learned via Twitter and please tag me at Mark Hofer. In recording this episode and thinking about the examples that I shared, I realized that there are actually probably many other ways I might use design principles for different tasks in my life. I tend to think of them more for the bigger things that I need to plan rather than on some of the more day-to-day -day experiences. It strikes me though that this is a big mistake because we have a relatively small number of big experiences that we plan for while we have a lot of day-to-day -day experiences and tasks that might benefit from the development of design principles. So that'll be my focus over the next few weeks, is to think about what other areas I might be able to leverage design principles to be more effective. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and maybe more importantly, share with someone else who you think might enjoy it. Also, it would be great if you could leave a review. For more on the podcast, check out the website at markhofer.com podcast. There you'll find the show notes for this show and all the previous episodes. In the next episode, I'm really excited to share with you a book that has had a huge influence and impact on my life, at work and at home. The book is called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by author Greg McEwen. 
It is a tremendous book. We're going to hone in on one key idea from the book in the next episode, and that is on the power of trade-offs. Until then, make it a great week.